Welcome to Grace for the Tryhard, a place where we tryhards can be reminded of the grace we've been given and be empowered to walk in it every day. Do you ever feel like no matter how hard you try, you aren't good enough? Have you struggled with shame and want to experience more freedom in your walk with Christ? Do you feel inspired and empowered when you hear other people's stories of transformation and healing? If your answer is yes to any of those questions, I'm right there with you. Being empowered to live and work out of grace is possible, and here we are learning how to do that together. No need to show up polished, poised, or perfect. Come as you are and join us as we experience God's grace together. Welcome to Grace for the Tryhard. We are doing a solo episode today. Yes, just me. Just me talking. I wasn't looking forward to this, but I'm going to do it because I have something on my heart that I want to share. So today's episode is going to be the first of a type of episode that I'll record every once in a while called What God's Showing Me. When I first started following Jesus about eight or so years ago, I realized that Christianity, following Jesus, whatever you want to call it, looked a lot different than I thought before following Jesus. So before I thought being a Christian looked like a task to be accomplished, so trying to just be a good person, whatever that meant. I thought it was just rules to be followed, like God had these rules for me, and I just had to follow them, and then we were good to go. I also thought, or I didn't really understand the purpose of life um, besides going to heaven, I guess. And so in a way, my day-to-day life kind of seemed meaningless until I got to heaven. So those were kind of the things that I thought before I started following Jesus. And what I now realize is that following Jesus is a journey. (laughs) It's so much more than a task to be accomplished, uh, or rules to be followed. It's walking with a living God who is our father, who is our friend, who is always with us and always for us. I imagine like walking on a path or going on a trail and and I'm walking with my father and he's right next to me and he's teaching me things, he's showing me things about myself, about others, about himself, about the kingdom and the world that he's created. And that is what life can be. (laughs) And it's pretty amazing. And as I'm walking with him, I'm being transformed. I'm being set free. I'm experiencing more and more joy. It's it's really great. It's not easy. There are hardships (laughs) for sure. But just that concept of a life with God was so different than I expected. And I learned that God could actually interact with me. He could show me things. Um, through the circumstances around me, through the people around me, through his word. And I want to share what he's been showing me. (laughs) So um, every once in a while, I'm going to just, whenever I feel led, I guess, I want to just share what God has been teaching me to encourage you, if you are going through something similar, just to know that you're not alone and that God could use whatever circumstance you're in, like he's using it in my life. And also to remind you that God wants to be involved in your life. He wants to speak to you through his word and through his spirit. He wants to set you free (laughs) from the things that are weighing you down and holding you down in life. He wants 
to show his love through you to others. And if you don't see that in your life, I hope these um, episodes encourage you that that you can. And <laughs> you don't have to come to the table having it all figured out. You literally just have to come. So let's dive in. I love telling stories. So I'm going to start with a story, <laughs> a vulnerable story, which is what I tend to tend to tell. But this is a story of something that happened a few weeks ago now. Um, just to give you some context, I've been in a transition in my life. I was working with a campus ministry um, for the past five years, and it was years of growth, of healing, of freedom, of joy, of hardship. There is so much in these past five years that I probably don't even realize yet, but it was a good season. And now God is leading me into a new season where I have a new job in a business setting. And I had new coworkers who weren't the people I've been working with for the past five years. And and I'm in a whole nother industry <laughs> that I've just been learning about for the past few weeks. I just started about four weeks ago, so I'm very new. Um, but for the past few months before that, I was looking for the job, I got a job, and now I've been working for almost a month. So that's kind of been what's been going on in my life. And also, I am a deep feeler. <laughs> that also means I am a very sensitive person. I I'm emotional, quote-unquote. We're all emotional, but I have a hard time not expressing my emotions because they're so intense sometimes within my body. And I'm still learning to understand what I'm feeling, why I'm feeling, and what God wants me to do with those feelings. (laughs) So that's all the background you need to know. Um, But what happened, the actual story, starts on a Sunday. A few weeks ago, I I was at church, and I was sitting in the chairs before and um, the worship started. They do one song of worship, some announcements, and then some more songs of worship. And for some reason, when that first song started, I just felt like I was overcome with emotion. (laughs) And even though I am a, I guess I am a sensitive person, this doesn't happen all the time at church. It probably happens maybe once every two months, I feel, you know, very emotional. But this this time was different. It was like, it was like a wave was just like hitting me. And I, I had no idea really why I was feeling so heavy. I was just feeling heavy. And I, like everything in my body just wanted to cry. And I didn't want to cry <laughs> in church in front of people, even though, you know, it's dark and not everyone's looking at me and there's loud music. So it covers up you know, the crying, but I still didn't want to because in my mind, crying feels like it shows weakness. I didn't want to feel overwhelmed by these feelings. I, I want to be, or I wanted to be in a place at that point where I felt in control of my feelings, or at least like whenever I felt something, I knew exactly where I was coming from and why. So even though I didn't want to cry in church. I didn't want to feel overwhelmed. It's It was what was happening, you know? I've learned that as much as I don't want some things to happen in my life, sometimes they do. And because of God's grace, I'm learning to accept that. And so my church, one of my favorite parts of my church is that they have a prayer team go up during the second song of worship 
that if anyone needs prayer in the church, they can go up and ask someone for prayer. You don't, you don't have to say anything if you don't want to, or you can tell them a little bit about why you need prayer. But as I was feeling this intense emotion, I knew I needed to, I guess, release whatever was inside of me with someone to God. And um, I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to cry with an older man that was up there (laughs) and um, try to explain what I was feeling when I didn't even know what I was feeling. But I really had no other option. So I went up and right when I started talking, I just, I started crying and wasn't the, you know, little tear down your cheek cry. It was, it was a heavy cry. (laughs) And I told the man a few things. I, I don't even remember what I said, but he ended up praying for me. And then I went to the bathroom and calmed down. And, and in that moment, I realized that I'm weak. <laughs> it means that my intense, uncomfortable emotions led me to realize that I can't do this life on my own. I need help. And I actually was made to be in a relationship with someone who can and wants to help me all the time, aka Jesus. But my flesh, my sin, my brokenness, whatever you want to call it, wants to be strong on its own. It wants to hold it all together, to not show any weakness, to not show any vulnerability, to not show any need for help. So today I want to talk about how God is showing me that I can embrace my weakness. And that actually embracing the fact that I am weak, meaning I have limits, I need help, I mess up sometimes, and looking to Christ to be my help actually allows me to see Christ's strength manifested. It allows me to experience his tangible grace, and it allows me to become more secure in my unchangeable identity. Who would have thought that embracing your weakness could produce all of this in you when you have Christ? The world tells you, hide your weakness, be strong, you know, do it yourself. And the kingdom is upside down. The kingdom looks different than the world. And so I'm learning how to believe that right now. And I want to dive in and just share a little bit of what I'm learning. So today I'm going to share an example in scripture and specifically a, um, a few verses that, I, that have been on my mind a lot lately, where a disciple of Jesus who brought the gospel to the non-Jewish world, so he was a pretty great guy, how he embraced his weakness. We're also going to talk a little bit about of what it actually means and what it doesn't mean to embrace your weakness, because that saying, I guess, could mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. So I just kind of want to dive in and tell you what I mean. And then I'm also just want to share a few stories slash examples of how this concept has impacted my life in the past and currently. First off, let's jump into scripture. The scripture, the Bible, is the word of God. (laughs) And it is living and active. And that's one of the other really cool things that I didn't realize when I became a Christian is that you can read the Bible your whole life and never run out of things to learn about it because the Bible is telling the story of God and his work on this earth. 
and God is infinite and and so much bigger than our limited minds. So as we read his word and we're constantly learning more about him and noticing things that we didn't notice before about him, about the people of God, (laughs) about how messed up the people of God are. (laughs) So um, I encourage you to read the Bible and be amazed by what um, the Holy Spirit can show you through his word. So today we're going to just read a short passage in the New Testament called 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 7b through 10. So it's about three verses and 2 Corinthians is a letter from the apostle I was talking about before named Paul to a church in Corinth. That's why it's called Corinthians. (laughs) And so this is the second. Technically it actually might have been the third. One of the letters might have been lost but we're not going to get into that. So this is just a letter he wrote after he wrote the first Corinthians um, letter. So uh, let me just read it first and then we'll just get into some context. So Paul says, therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Whoa. (laughs) I've read that so many times in my life, but every time it's just, it's so countercultural. It's so opposite of what I naturally want, to be honest. I don't want to be weak. I don't want to boast in my weakness. I want to be strong. So let's dive in and understand why Paul is saying this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and 12, um, Paul is talking about these super apostles. So in a lot of Paul's letters, most of the time he is encouraging a church that he started. He's challenging a church that he started. And when I say church, I mean a group of people (laughs) who are in an area who are trying to follow Jesus together. It's not what you think today about like a building, um, a mega church, whatever. It's literally just one of the first Gentile, um, which is non-Jewish people who are trying to follow Jesus and follow his way. So, Paul is talking to this church in Corinth about these people called super apostles. Basically, the Corinthians were starting to look at different leaders around them and elevating them over other leaders. And these super apostles were basically telling them to not listen to Paul because he wasn't as flashy (laughs) and quote unquote strong as them. And so because of this, they're actually distracting the Corinthians from the message of Christ. And Paul is trying to, to confront them, to help them to realize that. Paul is helping them to see <laughs> that following Jesus is not about our strength, our power, our intelligence, our giftings, what we are good at. It's about Christ. We so easily lose sight that Jesus suffered. 
<laughs> it's easy to fast forward through the Gospels and get to the part where Jesus rose from the dead, which is the most important part of the gospel, but we can't fast forward to that without recognizing that he did die, (laughs) that he did experience an an excruciating death, that he was mocked, that he was tortured, that he had a hard life. Jesus did not have an easy life. And so if we're following him while we are anticipating glory, while we are anticipating a day where we don't have to suffer anymore, Right now, we are going to, and God wants to actually use that suffering to grow us (laughs) and to bring him glory. In this section where it says Paul pleaded with the Lord to take his thorn, quote-unquote thorn, away, God says to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness, aka, no, I'm not going to take this away from you because my grace is sufficient to help you through. So God not taking away this weakness or this thorn from Paul sounds harsh and unloving, at least to me at first. (laughs) And when I'm thinking about my own life and my own weaknesses, there are times where I'm like, God, just, can you just take this away? Can you take this annoyance away? Can you take this hardship away? Um, Sometimes even with my sensitivity, with my deep feeling, I'm like, God, can you just take this away? This is making my life a lot harder than it needs to be. And sometimes when I ask God to take something away, he does. (laughs) But a lot of the times he doesn't. And that's because I believe he wants me to learn that my identity is not rooted in my ability to conquer something on my own. (laughs) It's rooted in Christ and it's rooted in what he has done. And he wants to show me his immense love and his immense grace that goes beyond whatever I'm going through, whatever I'm dealing with. God's allowing us to experience hardship is an opportunity to depend on Christ and believe that even when we fall short, even though we are weak, Christ is strong and can help us get through whatever we are going through. So what the heck does my power is made perfect in weakness mean? (laughs) To be honest, I'm not a theologian. I have done some study in theology before, but no expert at all. So I don't totally know what this means, but from the context, from reading a few commentaries and from literally just life experience, What I think it means is that God's power is seen for what it truly is when we accept we are weak and need help. So nobody sees the beauty of a doctor if they aren't hurt. (laughs) But when you're hurt and a doctor helps you, when a doctor saves your, your life, you are so grateful that that doctor is there. There's actually a verse in Mark chapter two, verse 17, where it says, On hearing this, Jesus said to them, being the Pharisees, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. (laughs) So Jesus even uses this analogy that he came for the people, or he came for everyone, but the people who recognized that they were sick would run to Jesus (laughs) and would experience his love more than someone who, quote unquote, had it all together. So when I first got saved, I was at a very low point in my life. And I was at a place where I couldn't hide my weaknesses anymore. I had tried for so long and it was exhausting that I was literally just 
almost had to surrender. <laughs> and so when I heard the gospel, it was perfect timing because knowing that I didn't have to be strong was really good news. And knowing that Jesus wanted to be strong for me was gr- even better news. So that was great. But after years of knowing this in my head and starting to follow Jesus, it was easy to lose sight and to think that God wanted me to be stronger by now. Like he had this timeline for me and I was behind and I just had to work harder. It's easy to get back into that mindset again. But the thing was the only strength that I had through those years of following him was by his grace. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) so he wasn't expecting me to have it all together by now, to be strong by now. If anything, he just wanted me to keep depending on him. And by that, by me depending on him, his strength would be revealed to me again and again and would make me stronger. But it's all dependent on him. So what does embracing my weakness actually mean? And what does it not mean? The definition I created for embracing my weakness is accepting the fact that I am a flawed, limited human being that can't do this life well without help. Letting go of control and a need to be the savior, letting God save you and meet you in your mess. Some practical examples of that is learning to love yourself in the midst of personal failures, big or small. So growing up and still now, I struggle with believing that I'm equally loved when I succeed and when I fail. (laughs) And I also have pretty high expectations for myself. So my definition of failure may not be other people's definition of failure, but even when I fall short of my expectations, I have a hard time believing that I am equally loved. So one way to embrace my weakness is that when I fall short of my expectations, I can still receive love from God. I can still believe I'm loved and chosen by God, (laughs) that I'm still his child. So that is one way to embrace my weakness. Another practical example is asking for help. Asking for help from God and from others. (laughs) It's very humbling to ask for help (laughs) because when you decide to ask for help, that means you're recognizing that you can't do it by yourself. It's, it's pretty simple. And so one way I ask for help from God is I actually am honest with him about how I'm feeling and what's hard in my life and what I need help from him for. And the way I ask for help to others most of the time is for emotional help <laughs> and to process my life and my thoughts with other people. Um, but also another great example is this week, I needed a ride to work because my husband was out of town and there was one area of my life that I was weak because we only have one car right now (laughs) and I really couldn't get to work without a car and Uber would have been a lot of money because my work is like 20 minutes from me. So I had to ask my coworker for a ride and that is one way that I recognize that I need help and I can ask others for help and not feel like I am a burden or less than. Another practical example of a way to embrace your weakness is being vulnerable with people you love and trust. 
when we're vulnerable with others, it's hard. <laughs> At least I think it's hard. If you listen to any of Brene Brown's work, um, she talks about how hard it is. And she spent a lot of her life studying vulnerability and why it brings people together. But when I am vulnerable with someone, when I am honest with how I'm doing and in ways that I'm struggling, that is another way to embrace my weakness. It doesn't mean I want to stay there. It just means I'm telling someone where I'm actually at and that I want them to help me, (laughs) whether that's just being a friend and listening to me or helping me to figure out how to move forward. So what does embracing my weakness not mean? (laughs) So one thing it doesn't mean is willingly living in brokenness with no desire for transformation and healing. So I don't want you to leave this episode thinking, okay, you know, I... I'm broken, I'm flawed, and I'm just going to stay that way my whole life. (laughs) The whole point is that you're embracing your weakness and you're running to God to be your strength. When you leave out that second half of that statement, it's actually a pretty hopeless life. (laughs) It's a pretty sad life. Overall, most tryhards aren't here, aren't in a place where they just want to like, you know, be a mess their whole life and hurt people and hurt themselves. (laughs) Most tryhards want to improve themselves. So that's why I think a a lot more tryhards need to hear this message versus someone who isn't a tryhard or doesn't tend to lean on that side of the spectrum. But I also just wanted to be clear that that's, that's not what I'm encouraging you to do. I'm encouraging you to recognize that you're limited and that you need help and running to God to be your help. Finally, How does embracing my weakness and looking to Christ help me? So I want to give you three stories of times where I embraced my weakness and how that encouraged my walk with God. So first, I want to tell a quick story about a time where I studied abroad in Europe. So I studied abroad in the Netherlands and I took a trip to Italy to visit a few people that I met in the Netherlands who are Italian. Awesome, awesome people. It was an awesome trip and I experienced so much love and kindness from those people. And it was a few days and I was flying back to the Netherlands and I was with another American friend um, who didn't speak Italian. I didn't speak Italian either. And most people over the age of 40 just speak Italian in Italy. So Luckily, our friends were young and or younger and were at university studying in English. So they knew English well. They could translate for us, but they couldn't be with us the last day when we were flying back. But they told us exactly what to do. You have to go to this bus stop. You take the bus. It goes directly to the airport. And then you get on the flight and go to the Netherlands. Pretty simple. was feeling pretty good. And so me and my friend go to the bus stop and we sit there. For about you know a few minutes and then we realize we don't have tickets to get on the bus <laughs> that was one step we missed in the planning process and we're just kind of looking around and it's just a bus stop it's not like a bus station so we didn't know where to go to get these tickets and so we're starting to freak out because our flight is somewhat soon um and we know the bus is coming soon and we don't know how often these buses come So I'm trying to stay calm and my friend ends up going 
to another like shop um, to try to ask questions to see if anyone could tell her where the the closest um, place to buy a ticket is. And I am just like standing there and I just start praying in my head because I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> and I was like, God help me, please. We need to get back to the Netherlands. I don't want to be stuck in Italy in a country I don't know and all this stuff. And so I start to get more and more worried. And all of a sudden this older woman comes up to me and starts talking to me in Italian. And I'm like, I don't speak Italian. Um, and so she like pauses and then leaves. And then about like 30 seconds later, she comes back with a young guy and he's translating for us. And I tell him like, we're looking for a, a bus ticket and where to buy and blah, blah, blah. And so he tells her and, and then she leaves, they both leave. And so I was like, okay, well that was weird, but okay, at least someone tried to help. Um, and I wait a few more minutes, the bus actually comes and leaves. And I'm like, oh no, like how often is this bus gonna come? I'm really, really just freaking out and feel super helpless. And then all of a sudden, this woman, this older woman who didn't speak any English comes up, um, the same woman from before, and she holds two tickets in her hand and just holds them to my face. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And I literally just hugged her and, and took the tickets and said, thank you, thank you. And she was like, no problem, no problem in Italian. And that was a moment where I, I felt so helpless. I felt so weak. I felt so vulnerable. And I didn't know how I was going to get out of that situation. And I, I was forced to depend on God. It was a situation where I was weak and God's glory, God's strength was manifested to me because he gives us free will. So I believe this woman did just out of her kindness come and give it to me. But I also prayed and believe that God works in mysterious ways and, and brought this woman to me um, to give us these tickets. And we, we got back to the Netherlands safely. So that was one moment where Christ's strength was manifested to me, where it was so clear in my head and in my mind and in my heart that God cared about me and he was strong enough to come in and intervene when I was weak. So that's one really amazing story, probably one of like the best top five stories in my life that God came through in a moment I really needed him <laughs> and realized I needed him. So another story is, is actually connected to the story I told in the beginning about crying at church. So in this story, I experienced God's tangible grace. So when I went to the bathroom and calmed down, I, I came back into the, the chairs and the worship music was still being played and people were still singing. And I just kind of like sat down and, and kneeled down and I felt the love of God, the grace of God, two separate but very connected things. I felt it in that moment. It wasn't just in my head like, oh yeah, God's got grace for me. It was like, I felt that grace. I felt that love. And I needed to get to a place of, of weakness <laughs> to really experience that grace. You don't experience grace until you get to a place where you need it. So that was one, <laughs> I guess, benefit slash way God has grown my relationship with him is that in that moment I felt weak. I didn't want to feel weak, but I did. And through that, God came in and held me and 
basically spoke to me that he loved me just the same and saw me just the same and wanted to be my strength. He wanted to give me his strength. He wanted my identity to be rooted in his strength and not in my ability to hold it all together. So this last story is about how God used me embracing my weakness to root me in my identity in Christ. (laughs) Like I also said in the beginning, I just started a job recently and I haven't had a new job in five years. So I've kind of forgot what it's like to be new, to not know any of the people at your work, to not know the industry that you're working in that well, to just be learning all the time and not being able to produce much yet until I learn all this stuff. So it's been a challenge to adjust to this new job. I, I've enjoyed it. Every day has gotten better and I, I do really like the people and I like the company. I like the values. It's just any transition is hard. <laughs> and I've fought a lot of lies in my head that I have to be strong, that I have to have it all together, that I have to show these people that I deserved this job and instead believe that I don't have to prove anything to anyone because I am a child of God. My identity in Christ is rooted and no matter how well I perform or how um, how many questions I ask, how many things I don't know, that doesn't change my identity. That doesn't change my worth. So that the first few weeks, I was having a hard time believing that and then f- God was just kind of showing it to me over and over again. And the past two weeks, I've been starting the day in my car with a, like a 20 second prayer <laughs> and basically it's just god i am loved by you just be with me today help me to recognize your presence help me to recognize that you're with me that you are my strength that i don't have to prove my worth to these people that i can rest in your identity and work out of the identity that you've already given me amen And every day that I've prayed that prayer, I've had so much peace (laughs) throughout the day. I've kind of just let go of that need to perform, that need to look really good to other people and just be myself and be honest, be authentic and work hard, of course, but not work out of a need for approval, but working out of, I already have the approval I need from God. It's crazy when we try to be strong we actually can lose confidence and live a more stressed out life. But when we embrace our weakness, when we accept the fact that we need help from the Lord, we actually experience more true confidence because it's based on who we are in Him and not what we do. And there's a lot less stress. It's, it's pretty great. And again, I don't, I'm not, I haven't arrived in this area. This is a day-by-day challenge, um, a day-by-day discipline but it's a discipline that's worth working towards. And I want to encourage you wherever you are, if you're struggling to believe this, run to Jesus. (laughs) Run to Jesus, confess to brothers and sisters in Christ, and believe that He is working in you, He's transforming you, and He wants to set you free. So to close this episode, I want to just share two reflection questions that I encourage you to think about throughout the week. And then I really just want to speak something over all of you guys because 
there's just something I want I want you to know <laughs> and I want you to sit and take it personally and and feel like I'm talking to you just you and then I also want to end this um, podcast with a special treat so I love music and I have a friend a good friend who is a amazing singer I have a lot of friends who are great singers but I have one friend who's a great, great singer, and she agreed to sing a little bit of Amazing Grace, a classic song. So that Sunday when I was having a hard time, and the last song we sang was Amazing Grace, and I just rested and just heard that song in a a new way again. So we're going to listen to that at the end, just a little portion of that song, and I encourage you to just listen to the lyrics. You may have heard that song a million times, but it's easy to lose sight of how beautiful and deep those words are. So the reflection questions I have for you are, what do you do when you feel weak in an area in your life? We all have coping mechanisms or defense mechanisms (laughs) that we go to when we feel weak. And so I encourage you to Reflect and and be honest with yourself. When you feel weak in an area, what do you tend to do? How do you try to make yourself stronger? The other question I have is, what grace-filled rhythms can you add to your daily life to remind yourself, it's okay to accept my weakness because I am completely loved by God right now. So like my very short prayer in the morning, that has helped me to believe that statement. So what rhythms can you incorporate into your life to believe that as well? So now I just want to speak to you directly. The world tells you, be strong, do it yourself, take control of your destiny. The rat race to be the best is never enough. No matter how good you are at something, you lack in areas. We all do. And while that may feel like bad news, it's the truth, and the truth sets us free. It sets us free of a stress-filled life of feeling like you are expected to do it all and be perfect. It sets us free from needing to be our own savior. It sets us free from living in isolation and allows us to connect vulnerably with others who are also weak. It sets us free from an insecure identity based on our performance. The truth is we lack, we are weak, we need help. And the good news is Jesus is able and desires to be our help. Get over the hump of needing control, holding it all inside. It's scary, I know, but it's worth it. It's freeing. There's so much more joy in living life this way. So take that step. I'm right here with you, taking it every day.
Thank you so much for listening to the Grace for the Try Hard podcast. I hope you feel encouraged, empowered, challenged, and that you know that you are so loved by God. Special thanks to Jordan Britt for giving us a cover of Amazing Grace, originally written by John Newton and re-recorded by Chris Tomlin, the My Chains Are Gone version. So just wanted to say a special thanks to Jordan. She's an amazing singer and an amazing person in my life, and I'm really thankful that she would share this song with us. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening, as well as rate and leave a review. Like snow